Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Donovan Woods, an Oklahoma born and raised NFL Super Bowl winning football player with a passion for faith, family, football, and making a difference in the lives of others. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. My guest today is Donovan Woods, who currently serves as the Director of Development for the Oklahoma State University Foundation, focusing on efforts on the OSU Oklahoma City campus and OSU institutional diversity. His primary role at the OSU Foundation is identifying, cultivating, and soliciting ongoing relationships with major gift prospects for the university. This involves coordinating closely with the president of OSU OKC and other administrators in providing oversight of fundraising programs. Prior to joining the foundation, Donovan played professional football, helping the Pittsburgh Steelers win a Super Bowl in 2008. He also spent time with the Dallas Cowboys and Buffalo Bills. Donovan is a graduate of Oklahoma State University, where he played football and majored in business marketing. While at OSU, he was a four-year starter at three different positions and team captain in 2007. In addition to his roles with the OSU Foundation, Donovan speaks publicly on topics related to his experiences with football, motivation, and leadership. He sits on multiple boards in various roles within the Oklahoma City Metro and is a proud member of Kappa Alpha Psi. Donovan attends Greater Mount Pilgrim Baptist Church, and is married to Megan Woods of Eufaula, Oklahoma. They have one daughter together named Henley. Donovan enjoys spending time with his family, especially his brothers, fishing and football. Donovan, welcome to the show. Charles, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time talking about my experiences and just Looking forward to sharing on the Live Your Purpose podcast. Yeah, so glad that you're here and that you said yes to my invitation. I was hoping you would. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we got to know each other through Oklahoma State University, Oklahoma City campus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I'm also contracted to be a success coach for the Center for Social Innovation program, which is housed there. And I saw that they invited you to be a guest speaker one day, and I didn't receive the invitation. <laughs> so I said, well, wait a minute. I want to talk to Donovan Woods, too. So that got, that got us to talk. In a little bit. And, Ab- and, and absolutely, yeah. I saw, um, I'd see you uh, work with the Center for Social Innovation class too. Uh, Ariel does a great job over there, Ariel Moore. I think we both know her, and uh, she does a great job with that group. And uh, I would always see your posts on LinkedIn and, and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that we got a chance to meet, and we did. And uh, we're getting a chance to kind of expand our relationship through through some business and uh, and some personal as well. So it's been fun and looking forward to seeing uh, how far it goes in the future. Me too. Like I say, uh, every time we meet, it's just so easy to have a conversation. It is. So this is just is. another conversation, right. isn't it? Yeah. But we're letting some other people in on this one. Yep, yep. Quite so, a few. It's easy. That's right. <laughs> Quite a few. We're hoping so. Well, Donovan, as you may know, we start each episode with a kickoff question. And you've chosen yours, so I'm going to send that your way, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Sounds good. Okay. So, Donovan, 
What did you want to be when you grew up? What I wanted to be when I grew up, I think in my bio, it said quite a bit about what I did with athletics, particularly football. And probably when I was in the eighth grade, I made the decision that I wanted to be a, profession, a professional athlete. I saw my brothers uh, set a great example. Uh, my older brother, Gary, played at Langston University. Rashawn played at Oklahoma State University. Uh, Dewan played at Oklahoma State University, and they just blazed the path of going uh, on to to excel uh, at the collegiate level. But before they did that, they all did it at Millwood High School and for uh, the Northside T-Birds, who my, my grandfather, uh, my mom's dad, ended up coaching all of us. And she told my mom, it might have been a little bit of uh, parental favoritism, but my grandfather would always say that those boys are special. And my mom and dad believed that. They kept us in the church. They kept us busy with athletics. And they just loved us uh, and told us to go after our dreams. And so, like I said, when I was in the eighth grade, I made that decision. Seventh grade, actually. I'm sorry. And again, we started working. Uh, my, my oldest brother, Gary, believed it. And, you know, he just kept working uh, with us uh, and made sure that we believed uh, in ourselves uh, and knew that we had their support. And so from there, things just kind of took off. We weren't ever the biggest, the fastest, or necessarily the best growing up, but uh, we just continued to work and believed uh, that one day we could be. And ultimately, we ended up uh, being really good high school football players. We ended up being really good college football players. And we all got the opportunity, uh, Rashawn, Dewan, and myself, uh, to play professional football, which was the dream. Uh, it never lasted as long as, as, as we wanted it to. I think we all played about three years. And, uh, you know, I tell people NFL doesn't stand for National Football League. It stands for not for long. You know, the average career is, is three and a half years, and uh, that's about what we all played. And uh, it was it was a hard road, but we got a chance to live out our dream, and and we 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 thank God for that uh, every single day. Amen, amen. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, since uh, football athletics was big in the family, I'm hearing and, and I know, but I'm hearing from you now. And then also this idea of believing in one another. Uh, I'm hearing hard work. I'm hearing you know, may not have this this package, so to speak, like fastest, biggest, strongest, whatever it might be. But however, this hustle, this work ethic, these uh, these values, what was it like to grow up with that, you know, just all around you, that's belief and you can do it and you got to work hard to get there. What was that like? Well, it, it was a little bit easier for me because the the trail was already blazed. Yeah. You know, mm. my, my older brother Gary had went through it, obviously Rashawn and Dewan. And really, they had taken out all of the hard stuff. They had taken out all of the rocks, all of the concrete. And I was just walking on a on a straight path, you know, just sunshine and rainbows, if you will. Uh, and I worked hard because I seen them do it. Right. And, mm. uh, and just from there, I just kind of followed the path and did what I was told. Uh, that was a big part of kind of my makeup kind of as a kid, you know, just, hey, they're not asking the youngest, uh, well, the fifth youngest of six, a whole lot of opinions when you're a kid. And so, you know, I just put my head down and did what I was told. And, um, 
like I said, as as I've gotten a little bit older, I have to make myself get out of some of those things, uh, you know, from being a kid, you know, just following and, and kind of doing what I'm told. But um, again, it, it was a great example that my brothers and my parents set. And, and like I said, I just followed the path. Uh, that was already blazed for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me too, I can really, I have one older sister and as the younger sibling of two, uh, you know, my sister blazed some trails uh, for me and she started working for herself in a, in a nonprofit with wildlife many years ago. She no longer does that, but I remember seeing that as a, a young adult and watching her do that and going out on her own and thinking, wow, you know, I don't know that I ever thought about that. Mm-hmm. So I've had that in the back of my mind. Otherwise, I probably would have been, you know, the, the younger child kind of mentality. Uh, and I thought, well, okay, if she can do it, maybe I can do something like that. But, you know, that's how I kind of found coaching. I thought she blazed that trail for me, you know, and give me that belief and that, that vision, that model that, hey, it's possible. Exactly. And it's so important uh, for kids, just people to be exposed to, you know, the possibilities of, of what's there and, you know, we saw football, and if you look look at the statistics for football, it's one in a million of getting an opportunity to to even go and play Division One college football, let alone uh, play in the NFL. And we had three um, get an opportunity to do that from the same household. I mean, when you look at the statistics of those things happening, I mean, it's – it's lightning in a bottle. But again, you know, just talking about the belief and being able to see it, uh, Rashawn blazed that path for us and he followed uh, Gary and, and my uncles. And uh, for us to be exposed to that and see that it was a reality or could be a reality, uh, just kind of similar to, to how your sister did for you. Saw that possibility. It's, it's some other things that my parents did. My mom, you know, she started her own business. She's a realtor at, at Woodson Associates. And my dad, I saw him get up every single morning and work uh, a number of years for Southwestern Bell. He'd get up, he put his his college shirt on and his slacks and his tie. And we saw that consistently Um uh, him set that example for us. And so for me growing up, looking at my brothers, looking at my dad, seeing uh, him get up and never miss a day of work, uh, that's just a, something that's kind of instilled in me and, and a part of my makeup as an individual. You know, it it's hard for me to miss, when I was a kid, a day of school. It's hard for me to miss a day of work. I feel like I'm missing out on something. And, you know, part of that is just the example that my dad set of, Hey, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you do what needs to be done. And uh, it's not always as rewarding as it could be or should be. But understand that you're doing uh, things for your family. You're doing things not for the right now, but, you know, for moments, you know, like right now, like they're able to enjoy being retired and doing what they want to do on their own time. Uh, still having their kids and grandkids being able to come over and, and experience the life uh, that they've worked so hard for uh, and reap the rewards of him getting up every morning, going to work, coming home, taking care of all of the things that we needed him to take care of uh, as a family. And my mom, you know, sacrificing uh, some of the things that she had to sacrifice. One of the things that I know that my mom is proud about. Uh, and 
was proud of her children for was, you know, all of us got college educations. That was a big deal. And she had to take some time out in order to raise us in order that we could go on and get college educations. And it was so important to her that, you know, after we had all gone on and graduated and started our own families and stuff like that, she went back. And uh, in, I think it was uh, 2020, she was a graduate of Langston University uh, and, you know, just hammering home the importance of uh, education for my family and, uh, again, setting the, the example that uh, we needed to see. So Yeah, that's phenomenal. Well, uh, thanks for going there and telling that story. Yeah. Family's huge for you, I can tell. It is in my world, too, just by the way. Uh, my dad worked day in and day out, never wanted to miss a day. Uh, he worked a factory job, built tires mm -hmm. for 30 years and was able to retire because he planned ahead and he yeah. said, I know what I'm working for. <laughs> it's for my family and for myself, for my retirement. Mm -hmm. Spent a lot of time with family, uh, uh, cousins, you know, growing up. We had, you know, large family gatherings with my grandma's side. It'd be 50, 60 people in that house, you know, a lot of outside time. And, uh, and you do what needs to be taken care of. You get it done. You get it done well. And then you move on, you know, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of sacrifice, but it's this contribution, you know, beyond oneself. And I grew up with that, too. I carried that forward. So, hey, mom and dad, all the moms <laughs> and dads, listen, up, <laughs> all the Woods parents and, and all the family and the Gossett uh, parents and family. Thank you all so much for setting that example for us. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Well, so I, we can go in any direction we choose, Donovan. But what I was really curious is, so, you know, college, uh, outstanding experiences, uh, achievement, accomplishments, on into the <clears throat> NFL, and then you know beyond that, to where you've come into this the role, and and you've got this additional role now too, which I, I want everybody to hear about. Mm -hmm. But how did you get into uh, working with OSU OKC and the foundation? Where did that begin? So when I got done playing, uh, again I'll say NFL is not for long, mm. and uh, you know I had an injury down towards the tail end of my career, and. It probably took me a little bit longer to hang up my cleats, if you will. Probably a year, I could have did it a year earlier. But uh, I wanted to play. Again, that was my dream. You always think you can get back. You always think you got what it takes. You probably wouldn't have got there uh, if you didn't have that mentality. And so I tried to hang on uh, for as long as I could. But the opportunities were, were drying up and... I had to make a decision to move into the next stage of my life. And so um, a, a gentleman, Oklahoma State grad by the name of Russ Harrison and Natalie Shirley, I was working with their son, Chase, and uh, I was working with him in football. And he was a Heritage Hall Charger. And so I, I enjoyed working with him. And uh, Russ, with his company, Allied Custom Gypsum, had uh, a, a position open. And so I applied for it and was blessed enough to get that get that job, stayed in that job for about a year. And then Natalie Shirley was at OSU OKC. And so she encouraged me to apply for that job uh, through the um, through the I guess Shane Crawford made her aware uh, and, and brought me in. He's still with the foundation in a, in a leadership role now and and I thank him, Shane Crawford, and, and Natalie Shirley and Russ Harrison for giving me that first professional opportunity. And, you know, I didn't really know what role I was going to be uh, involved in. I, 
I knew it was OSU OKC, but again, you know, I went to the campus in Stillwater, and the only thing that I knew about OSU OKC was the commercial that they used to have in the 90s that said, OSU and OKC, imagine all the possibilities. That's a little plug right I know there. that jingle. We got to bring it back. Yeah, we will. We, I'm going to try to find the YouTube link if it's out there. We'll try to drop that down in the but, show notes. But that was the only thing that, you know, I really knew about the campus, but then got a chance to, uh, to get there and see what it is that they did with certificate programs and associate's degrees and uh, and just kind of dive right in. I had a lot a lot to learn as a professional. You know, I did some sales there with Ally Custom Gypsum, but uh, I didn't know you could be a professional fundraiser. And so that's what I was kind of walking into. Uh, I had some great mentors. Obviously, I mentioned Shane Crawford, uh, but uh, Justin Smith, uh, True Wallace, Sarah Furr, uh, those are people that kind of helped me and, and are still working within the foundation right now in various roles. And so uh, they had a big uh, impact in kind of helping shape me and bring me along and up to speed uh, from a, a fun fundraising and development perspective. And so um, once I got the opportunity to kind of be involved in it uh, and, and be immersed in what it is to be a development officer, I just kind of took off and found out probably two or three years in that this could be something that could be a career. And, you know, here I am almost 10 years in the game and uh, getting opportunities. You mentioned uh, the one that I have getting to work with institutional diversity during COVID. I got a chance to work with uh, institutional diversity with uh, Dr. Jason Kersey, who's our uh, chief diversity officer uh, in Stillwater he does, he's done some awesome things there, uh, was brought on by, by Burns Hargis. And then, you know, obviously, uh, Dr. Shrum uh, has continued uh, what he's done with the commitment to institutional diversity. And so uh, we didn't get a chance playing football uh, to experience a whole lot of the things that, um, you know, you experience as a, as a regular student, uh, but being... Uh, a part of it just in the short time that I have. I'm learning so much. I'm learning the, about the commitment. And you see uh, some of the things on a day-to-day -day basis that, uh, you know, Stillwater is changing from a, uh, from a, a diversity standpoint. But then just to kind of see uh, and take part in some of the meetings and, and, and the impact uh, that Dr. Kersey has been able to make on the campus uh, and on uh, and on the students uh, who would who are minority students at OSU is is a big deal, and so it's been fun. I'm looking forward to it and uh, being able to stay in Oklahoma City and uh, kind of have an impact throughout the whole system uh, has been very rewarding, and it's something that I hope to continue doing. Uh, you know, as long as they'll have me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so exciting. So congratulations again, face-to-face -face and on the show. Thank you. I've told you privately, but I want everybody to know about this role. And, and I'm going to be dropping some links. So if you're listening in, if you're like, what is he talking about show notes? If you're listening to one of the podcast players, you can click on the episode notes and you're going to find some links. And so um, you should see some there now. And I'm going to lead you right over the, to the program that Donovan's speaking about. 
and, and your contact information will be there as well that you would like to provide. Excellent. Yeah, so there's going to be some opportunities. Uh, and I will say one of the opportunities that I'm excited about too, Donovan, is on point with what you've just described in both of your roles. I'm, I'm very interested. We've spoken again private, privately about opportunities to be involved in scholarships mm-hmm. for students. And, and we've gotten pretty specific on, on the front end, you and I, about that. And so my business, you know, that's what I'm really excited about. One of my priority emphasis areas is education. Mm-hmm. And for those that may not always have had access to it or, or the resources in order to get to it. So whatever that may be, and we're zeroing in on some of that. But as my business grows and expands and opportunities like this become available, I would love to see some more diversity and some more opportunities for young people and other folks who, you know, maybe it's, they're on down the line. They want to go back to school yeah, and yeah. get back into school. Why not uh, OSU, OKC, get on a pathway towards a career and make it happen? Absolutely. Uh, I believe it was Malcolm X that said, education is our passport to the future. Yes. For tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. That's it. And so even with all of the success that uh, I've been able to have from an athletic standpoint, especially being in a situation where I am now having to be a professional. You know, I tell a lot of the guys that I coach uh, and just have conversation with, even if you are in a situation where you play 10 years in whatever prospective sport that basketball, baseball, uh, football, you're looking at, you know, if you start at 22 and you play 10 years, you're 32, 33 years old you still got 40, 50 more years to be able to, to to live. And so you have to make sure that you have prepared yourself from an educational standpoint. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people aren't exposed to that. You know, we talked a little bit about that earlier, just being exposed to things and opportunities. Um, and so, you know, I, I definitely try to tell uh, the people that I come in contact with from an athletic standpoint about the opportunities uh, at OSU uh, Stillwater and especially OSU OKC because, you know, we'd love for everyone to be able to go to a, a four-year uh, institution. Uh, Stillwater was a great experience for me. It's a great experience for uh, probably 95 to 98% of people that go and, and, and have a chance to experience that. Um, you know, UCO is a great place. Uh, it's another uh, institution a little bit farther south. It's it's okay <laughs> to go there too, but you know yeah. those places aren't for everybody. Right. And so, right. uh, if 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 a two year institution or, or or a certificate a certificate program or something like that allows you to uh, make twenty dollars more an hour, allows you to move into an opportunity that you wouldn't be able to otherwise, uh, I encourage you to to make sure that you, you know, get my information so that you can reach out to me uh, and, and we can talk about the possibilities because they're endless uh, when you talk about the opportunities uh, that we have at OSU OKC uh, and not just at OSU OKC, but we can Put you in contact with some of those uh, some of those other places uh, that are good doing good things and might be able to, um, you know, connect with you and 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 uh, meet you where you are so that you can make the most of uh, whatever it is that you have a desire to do. That's right, you know, and it's those pathways, those pathways to purpose, towards career, towards you know skill sets, towards credentials, towards 
degrees, whatever it might be, OSU OKC and OSU Stillwater and other fine establishments mm-hmm. around the state <laughs> <laughs> can provide that for you. So if you're listening in, you're like, wait a minute, I've always wanted to go back to school. A lot of people are in transitions right now and they're wondering what's next. You know, reach out to Donovan, hit him up, reach out to me and I'll put you in touch with him. But, uh, but yeah, so there's all kinds of ways that you can get back and get going. Absolutely. And that's, you know, one of the things that uh, we've been blessed to uh, have from a leadership perspective. Uh, our president now, Dr. Scott Newman, his background is, is OSU, uh, from, from OSU IT. And so uh, having pathways has been one of his big pushes uh, into uh, as he kind of leans into his role uh, as the president at LSU OKC. Uh, workforce is another big part of it, uh, making sure from uh, uh, from a perspective of getting out there and figuring out what organizations and industry needs. Uh, those are things that we are trying to make sure that we do more of and are listening to the community uh, from a standpoint so that we can provide uh, the jobs and the needs of the state. And so, uh, again, there, there's a lot of opportunity there. And uh, like I said, I encourage you to reach out to me uh, and come down to campus to figure out, you know, what is in alignment for what it is that, uh, that uh, you have a desire to do. Yeah, one thing I can say, I'm, I am I am biased and I'm okay with that. Around OSU, I am a graduate from OSU Stillwater in 2002. Uh, but yeah, great resources, easy to talk to people at OSU in my experience. And coming full circle for me, Donovan, uh, you know, and being able to contract now through my business for coaching services with OSU here locally, where I'm also based in, in Oklahoma City, is is really a dream come true. You know, I graduated in a totally different field. I graduated in forestry, so it was it was agriculture. <laughs> and I thought I was going to be out in the middle of nowhere and you know working with trees. And I did some of that. I was a, the city forester for the city of Stillwater after mm-hmm, I graduated. Mm-hmm. Did some good things there, and had some struggles in my personal life. You know that affected my professional life. But coming through that and and coming full circle and thinking I get to coach people that I really care about, and this program's incredible. Uh, and watch these individuals grow and develop and get access and create pathways that they probably couldn't have, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. without the resources, without the education, without the skills, and hopefully without the coaching, you yeah. know, that I'm providing too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so so that's, that's, it's incredible just to be a part of it. So I did want to ask and, and like change gears a little bit with you because you had mentioned coaching. Mm-hmm. And so here you're talking about sports coaching, yeah. of course, right? Football coaching. And you've been doing that as well over the past several years. And <laughs> folks may not know, and if you don't, uh, listen in because, yeah, you've been coaching here in the Oklahoma City Metro for for a while now. So when I got done playing and uh, I started working for OSU, uh, my older brother, Rashawn, got the head coaching job at John Marshall High School. They went 0-10 the previous year, and I think he uh, went 500 in his first season. And he ended up asking me to be his defensive coordinator for about a year or two. And I look up now, and I'm probably in year 9 or 10 of coaching. And so I've obviously loved it. I I thought I was going to be like um, – Oh, what's the coach there from Tony Dungy from the Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts. He's real cerebral and thoughtful and methodical in his approach. And and I thought that was the kind of coach that I was going to get a chance to be. 
but I ended up being like uh, Bobby Knight from University of Indiana. Okay. Just yelling at guys <laughs> and just, you know, stressed out and, and worried about, you know, if you've prepared your guys uh, for success. But, um, you know, I ended up doing it uh, at, at John Marshall for uh, five years, I believe. We ended up winning the state championship uh, in 2017, and it was uh, a great experience to be a part of that. Uh, Rashawn went on and, and uh, coached at Enid High School, and I went on and, and got a chance to coach at my alma mater for the past two years, Millwood High School. And uh, it's just been a great experience having the opportunity to impart some of the wisdom and knowledge that my experiences through athletics uh, has brought me. And I've been blessed to be able to see it on every level. Uh, we had an extremely successful high school career, one of the most successful times uh, in the history of, of, of Millwood. We won three state championships in a row, and I got a chance to be a, a big part of that. Uh, at Oklahoma State, I got a chance to be a part of the, the growth of what Oklahoma State is right now. I mean, it's a national brand. Uh, people know about Oklahoma State, and so I got a chance to kind of be there and, and and experience that from the ground up and then my my professional experience my rookie year I get an opportunity to make uh, the team uh, that I only saw on TV get a chance to play with guys that I only saw uh, on TV the Ben Roethlisberger's the, the Detroit Palomalus the James Harrison's got a chance to be around these guys and see how they prepare uh, be around Mike Tomlin and see the way that he conducted and and just operated a, a big operation and kind of get the chance to see the secret sauce. But truth be told, there is no secret sauce. It is guys preparing day in and day out, kind of going back to, you know, the same things that my father did getting up, going to work at Southwestern Bell. Uh, Troy Palomalu got up and he prepared the same way. Um, you know, Casey Hampton, he got up and prepared uh, the same way. James Ferrier, Larry Foote, Lawrence Timmons, all of those guys that I got a chance to see prepare on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and it was the same things that you would hear about, um, but just doing it with a meticulous and zest for their craft uh, and getting better uh, and doing it over a period of time, not just doing it one time or three times or six times, uh, not doing it until you get it right, but doing it until you can't get it wrong. And that was the type of preparation that I got a chance to be around and experience and ultimately move uh, into how I continue to conduct myself and raise my level uh, of play and execution and preparation. And it was uh, a fun to be a part of. And it's the same way that I coached and tried to get the guys that I coached. Uh, you know, I, I tried to prepare them that way. Uh, and it was, you know, I got a chance to be around the best that did it. Uh, I believe that I was a pretty decent coach. Um, and, and, and the, the time and the wisdom and the knowledge that I was able to impart on the on the guys that I coach, it's very rewarding. And uh, and the guys that I got to be around from a, a coaching perspective, Darwin Franklin, um, Coach Alexander, Coach 
uh, Batson, Coach uh, Coach um, Coach White. I mean, Coach Black. All of those guys. I mean, it's it's been fun to uh, to just kind of give back in that way uh, after you know being able to have a little bit of success. Yeah, and having those influences and the experiences that you had as a result, and making big things happen. And I, I love, you know, the, the ground level. I'm almost picturing you, you know, out there with these guys and watching the warm-ups, watching the workouts, watching the, you know, what, what does it take to be successful? They know what it takes by mm -hmm. that level. You knew what it took, you know, because you got there. And then, you know, like you said, there's no secret sauce. I mean, I think that may be, it's insightful for me, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, I'm about performance. And I can't say that I've had that type of athletic career. <laughs> you know, I, I played some high school baseball and threw out my arm. So I was done, you know. Uh, but but I can relate in terms in terms of just professional life and life in general to what you're describing. Hopefully, our listeners can too. So if you haven't played in the NFL, listeners, you know I'm hearing words like consistency, you know, um, showing up, you know, perseverance, mm -hmm. uh, being there, like doing there, you know, being in that in that space where success is going to happen or where the hard work's going to happen. And going ahead and committing to that consistency, you know. Yeah. One of the phrases that came in the back of my mind where you're speaking just now was uh, that old adage that uh, practice makes permanent. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you believe about that statement? Yeah, um, you know, it's not fun to be unfamiliar uh, with something that uh, that you have to do, and I've mm -hmm. that's something that I'm still working on as a professional because. You know, when I go into the office, nobody cares how fast I ran 40. Nobody cares how much I bench pressed and all of those things. They care, can I get the job done from a perspective of uh, development, from a perspective of writing emails and communicating. And uh, that's not always the most fun for me to do. And so I have to practice it. I have to diligently focus and it's something that I have to work on. Yeah, we, <laughs> from a, we all have something like yeah, that, right? From, to cut from a day-to-day -day basis, right. I would much rather uh, be in a position where I can go and lift weights mm -hmm. or run or do something physical, mm -hmm. but that is not where uh, success in my life at this point, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be successful in those physical things anymore. Most 37-year-olds, their physical prime uh, is 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 past them, much like mine. But uh, I can continue. I can continue to sharpen the sword of my mind, and you know, even though uh, I'm not playing in the arena of of a football stadium anymore, uh, I'm playing in the arena of a boardroom now. I'm playing in the arena of communicating with people uh, to to still try to get the best out of uh, what it is that I've been tasked to do. Uh, but just doing it uh, in a not so physical way, and so practice. Uh, again, I, I, I mentioned it. Don't don't do it until you get it right. Do it until you can't get it wrong, and that's something that I'm working on. Uh, because you know, truth be told, like I said, I much rather do something physical, but um, the mental aspect and the mental preparation and all of those things uh, that I had to to learn. Uh, in in athletics, the hard work, the uh, attention to detail, the dedication, the time, uh, those lessons still apply uh, from a mental standpoint. And so I'm thankful for uh, 
the opportunities that I've had to sharpen those swords, uh, and now I'm using different tools, and they still need to be sharp in order for me to get the job done. Yeah, so everybody who's listening now, you just got a leadership lesson. <laughs> so take that in, rewind that, because what I heard you say, you know, this is transition. This is another, it's another role. It's another probably part of identity, like who am I now? How do I do this role? Which I, I coach around a lot. But I'll say from my own personal experience, you know, coming from the field that I did, I've told everybody, I used to be a forester. And some people are like, what is that? I'm going to have to go look that up. Oh, it's, it's trees, you know, working with trees, <laughs> working with trees and people. You know, where those two come together. So that's what I was trained to do in college. You know, I had other interests too, but that's what I, that's what I came away with. And, and I loved that career. Uh, but when I, you know, moved on from that and, and moved into the next phase of my life, it was like, well, now what? You know, I was kind of at this crossroads and finding out what my skills, my strengths were and, and some things that maybe were strengths that I'd never even used before or really was conscious that I was using before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, ever since that journey, it hasn't stopped. There's some things that I still have a challenge getting done. Uh, you know, some of the technical things about administration of my mm -hmm, business, because mm -hmm. I am my business. Oh, man, I wish I could, I wish I could farm that out. And no, I'm not looking for an administrator or anybody out there, so don't hit me up. But <laughs> I couldn't afford you right now. But, uh, but no, it's all that, you know, looking at all the spreadsheets and I'm like, man, all the rectangles, I'm much more creative and I'd rather just kind of be in the moment mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. envision something and go for it. But sometimes you got to sit, I have to sit there and look at the spreadsheet, look at the, the screen, all the details and make sure I know what's going on. Yeah. And that transition, uh, it's difficult. I mean, I've, I've taken longer than I've needed to, uh, in making some of those transitions, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it, uh, about what did did you want to be when you grew up. Yeah. And I got a chance to be a football player. I still have a lot more life uh, to live. And so in some ways, I am discovering right now uh, here at 37 years old uh, what my what my purpose is and, and the things that I want to uh, do and accomplish, uh, and and the legacy that I want to build uh, that that goes beyond football and that goes beyond coaching and it goes beyond athletics. Um, you know those things are set in stone. You know they're done, uh, and and they will always be. That's one of the things uh, that I tell you know the guys that I coach. You know after you've accomplished those things, you know what's what are you gonna do now? I mean those things are set in stone. They'll be that way. When they go back and look and see who was doing what in 2005 or 2010, 2015, it's recorded. But the people who are in 2023 and 2030, they don't care about those things. And so what are you going to do now? I'm still trying to figure that out. There's some things uh, that I'm working on uh, within myself and, and personally and trying to work through. And I'll tell you, man, it's difficult. It is difficult, and there have been some moments of trial uh, and some moments of uh, adversity. But again, it's it's uh, it's something that I know needs to be done, and and I'm looking. Well, I would say I'm looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to, but I need I need to get those things done, uh, and I'm aware of it, and, and I'm working towards it. Yeah, you know, and that says a lot. I mean, it says a lot to me, just hearing that from you now. And I can relate, so I'll put myself out there too. You know, I'm in a transition with my business right now. I don't know what's next. I've got some good ideas, but my business is trying to grow, which is great. 
Um, it's not just blowing up, you know, but it's doing well and it's, and it's looking to grow. And I'm like, well, what does this mean? I don't even know, you know? What's the next? There, there is no map. There's uh, no map. There's no map. And, and, you know, that uncertainty for me, you know, I'm, I'm used to certain, I'm, I love certainty. Same, I love same here. Uh, to watch the same show over and over. I, you know, I kind of joke with my wife a little bit. I love to watch Lost. Lost went off the air in, in 2006 or something. But I can still watch it every day. Uh, and even in those moments of, uh, you know, repetition, you know, I, I love those things. Uh, I love repetition. And, and, you know, that's just kind of a, a, a part of who I am. Uh, and I think most people you know, they're like me and they, that they don't like that uncertainty or, or knowing, uh, or not knowing what's next. And so, uh, you know, just like I'm trying to do, I encourage you all who are listening, uh, you know, if you're in that transition stage, if you're in that moment of uncertainty, you know, try to take those next steps, uh, because, you know, whether you take that next step or not, you know, You'll um, it, it's gonna happen one way or the other. The sun will keep rising. It'll keep, you know, it, and it, it'll keep setting. And uh, and and we need to. Boy, I'm I'm uh, a, a old person would say I'm eating my own cooking right now. Uh, I'm talking to myself right now and embracing um, a little bit of uncertainty because there are some things uh, in my life in my experience that are uncertain right now, mm-hmm. and um, it's. It's not always fun, uh, but but it's necessary to move forward. That's right. And, you know, sometimes just in general terms, just facing uncertainty with eyes wide open, mm-hmm. with eyes wide open. Because if I've learned anything, so th- those that don't know me, they're listening to the show, this is relevant on my end of the conversation right now. Because when I used to get into that uncertainty, self-doubt would creep in, uh, some mental health challenges would creep in, anxiety, <clears throat> uh, depression. And then I would look to, to relieve those symptoms. And really what I ended up doing was turning to alcohol and drugs. And alcohol stuck with me for years and years and years. And so what that turned into for me was alcoholism. And so I was alcoholic for 16 years or maybe a little bit more. And it was, a, you know, talk about a struggle. Life was already hard. And then you throw that affliction on top of it. It didn't make my life easier. It did not make it easier. And so I had to learn, you know, come to terms with reality, really, learning how to live life on life's terms and transitions of all kinds. It's always going to be life asking me to do something, you know, and of course, we both, I I view that through the lens of faith, you know, God is calling me somewhere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's a positive challenge, but it doesn't mean that everything in that challenge is positive. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of negativity, (laughs) a lot of, uh, we could call, you know, maybe depression for me, anxiety, uncertainty. That's normal. That's what happens in transitions. That's how you know you're in one. But uh, it's like it's like looking for what you know, keeping my eyes open, and keeping my heart open too. You know, being yeah. able to express oneself and and uh, and say it how it is. You know, because that's that's how we that's how we get strengthened and uh, find a way forward. You know, I know I can't do it alone. So I'm just speaking yeah. for myself. So I appreciate what you're sharing. Absolutely, and those things, they uh, you know, I've had my battles with. Um, with a lot of those things, and uh, <laughs> one of the things my dad, my my brothers will probably laugh when they hear me say this, but they say all of those things that are not necessarily 
positive. They'll take you where you never intended to go and keep you longer than you intended to stay. I've been there. And um, I have too. And I'm sure, you know, we all have yes. uh, in some way or another. That's right. But uh, we can't stay there. We cannot stay there. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good to be able to, to share those things uh, and, and gain strength from one another in those things. You need people. Uh, you need uh, positive uh, reinforcement in those things. And so, um, you know, I've needed them. Uh, I'm sure you have and, and others have uh, needed those moments as well. And even if you're not necessarily dealing with those things immediately in those moments, life is hard enough. I mean, just just living and, and trying to, to make a way for you and yours. And so... Um, you know, find those people, find those positive things that um, that renew you, that strengthen you, uh, that keep you solid uh, in the things that you know are right. And so, uh, you know, talking about those transitions, you know, we talked about it a little bit before. I'm trying to do more of those things. And, uh, hey, this is a part of it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's part of what brought us here. You yeah, know, having this absolutely. conversation right now, just doing the podcast and um so, you know, with, I would say to our audience, you know, if you are, if you are struggling with mental health right now, mental health challenges, substance challenges, that's, you're not alone, first of all, or whatever it is, if it's eating, shopping, sex, gambling, thinking, codependency, you know, relationships, love, whatever it is, you're not alone, reach out. And so there's going to be resources for you all there too, you know, because that's part of what I do in my coaching practice is work uh, apart from what uh, Donovan and I are talking about with purpose and, and transitions, but I work with folks around recovery. So uh, reach out, look at those resources, dial 988, get some mental health help. That's what it's there for. And you're not alone. I'm, I might dial it later, okay? So I'm not ashamed to say that. And, and the more that we can be honest, the more that we can reduce stigma, the more they call it being inclusive of conversations that really matter. This conversation right here, right now, really matters. And so if you're listening, you really matter. So uh, Donovan, I want to take uh, the last couple of minutes now, shifting towards the end of our time together. And, and let me send a question your way. And, and you decide how you want to close. But, but Before ahead. I want to, you mentioned that, uh, that 988. Yes. I had a chance or uh, I had a chance to be a part of uh, Youth Leadership Exchange, YLX. Uh, and we had a speaker that came in and talked about 988. Uh, on yesterday, and uh, it's great that the state has embraced. Uh, it's great that they understand that there's a true need there uh, for for that type of uh, outlet for people to be able to reach out to uh, and know that there's a resource and somebody to talk to. And so, uh, you know, I, I got a chance to 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 experience that with my class, uh, my leadership skills class on yesterday. Uh, one of the organizations that I'm, I'm, I was a, I got a chance to be a part of it 20 years ago, and, and getting a chance to kind of uh, again do a little bit of coaching uh, as the co-chair of mm -hmm. uh, of that leadership skills class and uh, mental health day uh, was was on yesterday and like I said we got a chance to to be a part of that but I thought it was just ironic that uh, that. Uh, you know that 988 uh, was getting out uh, as much as it is, and and one of the goals of our speaker uh, was to make sure that everybody she talked to uh, 
knew about 988 and the resources that they're, they're able to provide uh, from that service. Yeah, and if you're not sure what that is, if you haven't heard that, click on the show notes and, and I'll send you to the website and you can check it out. Basically, if you're having mental health challenges or substance use challenges, just dial it. Dial 988. Talk to them. They've got people on the other end of the line that are trained uh, to, to hold space and provide access to resources around those things. Oklahomans need it. Uh, a lot of the population that I serve needs it. It could be anybody out there. It doesn't matter if you're making seven figures or if you, you know, you're experiencing homelessness right now. So all of us have mental health challenges that we run through that's just on a spectrum. You know, sometimes it's just a hard day. Sometimes it's a hard season. And uh, regardless, you know, everybody has access to that number. There's a reason it's there. And it's for you, whoever that you is that's listening right now. So uh, please do that. Hit that up. So, okay, in closing our time together, Donovan, this has been outstanding. I think we could probably talk for another two hours. Because like I said, it's just so easy. Um, What I do like to ask some of my guests, and I'd like to ask you is, uh, this question is, what brings you hope these days? And what's a closing message you might like to share with our listeners? What brings me hope? Um, Obviously, my faith. You know, I don't know if I said it before, but, you know, I mentioned in my bio, Greater Mount Pilgrim uh, is is where I tend. I've been going there since I was a kid. Uh, Gary Russell, the second, is the pastor, uh, and he does a great job leading us in another young, dynamic minister, um, in Oklahoma City, come see us, 8900 North Kelly. We're right across the street from the People's Church. Uh, and so uh, come see us uh, if if you're looking for somewhere to go on one Sunday morning. But uh, faith, family, and football is a, is a big part of, uh, of my life. And, and what brings me hope, um, hope and motivation, my daughter, um, it's been so rewarding to look at that little smile and and that little face. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I always wanted to have was a little brother. You know, I got a little sister and she's great. She's awesome, dynamic, spunky, uh, all of the things that uh, a little little sister should be. But I always wanted to have a little brother and be able to impact him uh, in the way that my brothers and my dad and and the male mentors in my life have impacted me. And so I am getting a chance to um, pour into someone that will look up to me and her mom. And and her, her mom sets, uh, she's the constant example of what I want her to be. Uh, I can already tell that she has my wife's personality. She's going to be dynamic and and spunky and sharp, just like my wife is. And so being able to see her grow up and be uh, a large part of of her life and her development, uh, that gives me hope and faith in all of the good things uh, that come with life. I take it very seriously being able to be a part of her growth and development. Uh, and then uh, as far as uh, a message, 
Boy, that's a large question. It's big. It's it, big. And that might be the message that you just shared. You know, it could be what brings you hope in the way that you just described it. But if there's anything else, if you were just speaking in general or picturing, you know, some people in specific, but, you know, just what might it be if you had something to, to well, close with? You know, one of my favorite motivational speakers is Les Brown. Mm -hmm. He reminds me so much of my dad and his brother's Willie Ed and Winford Woods, Gerald Woods. And as he speaks, it's almost like it's the same thing that my dad and uncles instilled in my brothers and sisters. And he has a message that says, uh, if you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, and if you gladly sweat for it and fret for it and plan for it and lose all your terror of the opposition for it, it is my declaration to you that if you go after that thing that you want with all of your capacity, strength and sagacity, faith, hope, confidence, and stern pertinacity, if neither cold, poverty, sickness, nor gout, nor pain of body and brain will keep you from the thing that you want. If dogged and grim, you besiege and beset it. With the help of God, you will get it. And so I'll piggyback on Les Brown there and let that be the message uh, that I want to leave with you. When he said that the very first time that I heard it, um, it was written on the tables of my heart. Things that impact you and have a chance to, for you to have the realization that all of the things that you want can be a reality. And when I heard it at that moment, I knew it was for me. And maybe you'll, have, you'll hear or experience something that you know is for you in that moment. And I challenge you that whatever that is, to go after it because it can be a reality for you just like it was a reality for whoever, whatever it is that they had a desire to accomplish. And I guess that would be my closing message for my time here today. Donovan Woods, I think that's an excellent place to end, and I appreciate you so much for being my guest on the show. Thank you very much. been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.